It's going to be a 60 minute battle and we're going to be right in the middle. It's what's inside of it. It's how you got to grind it out. Let's go check the nation today, baby. Let's go check the nation today. Well, hello, Texas fans, and welcome back to the Horns Illustrated Beyond the Stats podcast. As always, I'm Riley Zayson, the writer for HornsIllustrated.com, joined here by Luke White. Luke, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing good. It was a big past weekend in uh, Texas athletics with, you know, uh, baseball, softball, women's basketball, and uh, men's swimming and diving. So we certainly have a lot to talk about today. Yeah, we certainly do a lot to cover. On this segment, we'll be covering everything uh, regarding Texas baseball. Earned a serious victory over Oklahoma. Was blanked by Texas A&M 2-0 uh, last night. And look ahead to the Kansas uh, series this upcoming weekend in Lawrence. So a lot to talk about, Luke, for Texas baseball because they look like a team that could go to Omaha. And I know you say that at the beginning of every year. Uh, then, of course, once you get to the middle of the season, things start to happen. But so far, Texas has been – you know, without injury, uh, they've looked really good on Fridays and Saturdays. Sundays, uh, their pitching, their bullpen might need to improve, and that's the only thing uh, that you can see as a big weakness right now. But from your perspective, I mean, what have you seen from this team the last couple of of weeks? I know you were at the Oklahoma games on Friday and Saturday. Yeah, Texas, you know, you can definitely tell they're starting to live up to their talent. After all, they do have two Big 12 series wins under their belt. Against two uh, uh, solid teams in both Baylor and Oklahoma. And, you know, uh, I think you're absolutely right that this is a team where they played their full potential, can certainly reach Omaha. Uh, you know, uh, the Big 12 is certainly a big, you know, powerful uh, conference this season with a lot of depth when it comes to baseball because you've got teams like uh, TCU, Texas Tech, and Oklahoma State, uh, just to name a few. But, you know, like you said, Texas has looked really good both offensively and uh on the pitching, uh, you know, aspect of the game, Ty Madden and both Tristan Stevens have looked very, very impressive. Then coming out of the bullpen, both Aaron Dixon and Tanner Witt have also, you know, shown a lot of promise this season. And then, you know, offensively, uh, we were talking a little off air about players that are really starting to break out and kind of shine on the diamond. Or you got guys like Cam Williams, Trey Faltini, and uh, Mitchell Daly. You know, uh, Mitchell Daly, especially being a true freshman, already hitting. Close to 400 is just so impressive. And, you know, if you can keep that up uh, throughout the season, along with guys like Williams and uh, Trey Faltini, who knows how far this team can go. Well, Daly is a guy who I've seen really step up in, in critical moments. I think that says a lot about a kid, especially a kid who's a freshman, to come in and, and take over a starting role like he has. And uh, really just most pitchers that he's faced, especially in Big 12 play, have not really been able to stop him on a consistent basis. Uh, he doesn't strike out a whole lot, has a lot of plate discipline. Uh, then, you know, as you mentioned, the pitching side of things, Ty Madden, you know, we knew how good he was after that first start of the season, though. You know, against Mississippi State, I think we started to ask some questions on what we would see for Ty Madden and how long it would take him. Uh, to get back to the swing of things like we saw him in, in 2019. And it really has not taken him long. You know, he's uh, earned Big 12 Player of the Week honors twice already this season and really just looks very confident as the season has progressed. 
Absolutely, and he really, you know, we uh, like you just mentioned, he had kind of a rough uh, Alinda start of the season against uh, in, or in the college baseball showdown up in Arlington. But you know, since then, he's a very, very impressive. He had a, a complete game shutout versus Houston, a very solid Houston team at that. Uh, and previously, before that, he had another uh, very solid, I think, uh, seven inning outing versus uh, another solid BYU team. And, you know, he's pitched very well against both Baylor and Oklahoma since then. So, and South Carolina, to add to that. So, three uh, more really good teams, you know. He's going against this really top-tier competition, and he's playing very well. Uh, I think he's uh, certainly showing why a lot of, you know, Major League Scouts are very excited about what he has to offer and what he can do for their teams. So, it's uh, I think he uh, is another guy where, you know, this Texas team will really only go as far as he can go, you know. A team can't be successful without their pitching, but with a guy like Timeout on the mound, you know, you figure that takes a lot of stress off the coaches and the other players uh, on Friday nights. Yeah, exactly, and, you know, that's one of those things, to have a guy who can go out there consistently. I mean, we've seen it with with the Vanderbilt and the LSUs over the years and those, you know, blue blood programs, but for Texas – the pitching has always been one where you're almost questioning who you're going to get out of certain guys, especially Saturdays and Sundays. Uh, but this year, I mean, we've seen Tristan Stevens step up a lot as well. And then one aspect of the game that I really liked watching this season is the speed aspect. You know, Mike Antica was a guy who, you know, when he came in, I think you always get excited and hyped up about a graduate transfer, a guy who has experience. Not only did he have experience, but he was, you know, Big East 2020 preseason player of the year. And he's lived up to expectations after kind of a slow start at the plate. I mean, uh, tied with Eric Kennedy, uh, Texas left fielder, uh, for the Big 12 Conference lead in stolen bases uh, with 11. Uh, they also both rank nationally uh, number 11, uh, number 17, I should say, uh, in stolen bases. So that aspect, the speed aspect, the ability to, stretch a single or double to score a guy from second on a base hit. I mean, that's played no small role in Texas, you know, scoring a plenty of runs over the last, you know, two Big 12 series. Yeah, you know, you bringing up Mike Antico and kind of the, uh, you know, excitement surrounding the ground, uh, sorry, a graduate transfer joining the program. Uh, in the Texas, Texas A&M broadcast last night, one of the announcers, you know, kind of brought up how this is a long forward team with a lot of experience and veteran leadership. You got guys like, Zach Zuby and EJ Petrinsky, who were both on that uh, 2018 uh, team that reached the College World Series in Omaha. And when you got guys that are in their third season, uh, like Eric Kennedy, for one, uh, and Ty Madden uh, to mention as well. So uh, with Mike Antico, a guy that has a lot of experience at the college level, uh, he can really guide these uh, freshmen and kind of uh, new players, uh, especially guys like... Uh, Mitchell Daly, Douglas Hutto, Trey Faltini, Silas Arduan. Uh, with that kind of veteran uh, leadership and mentorship, that's really going to help them progress, and it's going to you know make them the leaders of a team in the future. Yeah, I definitely think so. And Luke, it's interesting you bring up the Texas A&M game last night. You know, the Aggies won 2-0. And after the game, you know, you're always going to get some of those jabs on social media between, you know, the fan bases and all that. But one of the things that I was seeing very consistently from a lot of people was the fact of, hey, this was only a midweek game. I mean, to really test how these two teams' talents are and who really can claim, you know, uh, the best in the rivalry that 
has been dormant uh, and somewhat for the last few years. You have to play a weekend series. What is your perspective on that? I mean, uh, how would a weekend series work in a normal season? I mean, because it's always tough when you schedule a weekend series really, really early on. It doesn't get the coverage you want it to. Uh, it doesn't get the crowds with basketball season being played. And then at the same time, you know, both teams aren't really at their peak, unlike now where they've each played a couple of conference series. You know, you know what to expect and uh, things are starting to click here as you hit the midpoint of the season. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And to uh, go back to the point you brought up about potentially making this UTA and M rivalry a weekend series or, you know, even just a two or three game series across the season because even if there's maybe not ruined the schedule for a th- you know a three game weekend series, there's still a possibility of making a, a two or a three game series uh, uh, with those games kind of spread out across the season. You know, you play a game, uh, one game or two at either UT or A and M, uh, and that kind of gives uh, fans of both cities you know an opportunity to see those teams play, and it kind of uh, it kind of uh, with that in mind. Teams don't really need to worry about making it a weekend series because you know the schedule is already pretty full as is. But I think I still think that weekend series can be done. You know, if you look at Texas's schedule, even you know deep into the conference slate, they have a uh, three game weekend series against Abilene Christian starting April sixteenth, as well as uh, earlier that week starting April thirteenth, a two game series versus uh, Nevada, uh, both of those series here in Austin. So. I think that's something that could definitely be done in the future. And uh, like you mentioned, the fans would love that. You know, we kind of saw how excited and how emotional the fans were uh, in the baseball game last night. You know, it certainly didn't feel like a midweek Tuesday game. Uh, so I think making this a three-game or even just a two-game series, you know, spread out across the season can be a really good idea. Yeah, I think so. I think that would be really cool to see and kind of see. You know, we haven't really seen these two teams play. Uh, in more than one game, and I don't know how long. Uh, it's been quite a while, and so to be able to see these two teams ballot out, you know, regardless of how each is doing during that season, whether they're having an up or a down season, I mean, the rivalry always seems to bring out the best in both teams, uh, and, and you just the fans get into it. It's one of those rivalries that you know, even if both teams enter with losing records. It's going to feel like a game that's going to decide, you know, a conference championship, even though they're in separate conferences now. I mean, that's how deep this rivalry is. And although we don't get to see it play on, you know, the gridiron anymore and really not on the basketball court either, uh, the baseball series has kind of continued with these midweeks. But I definitely think a two or even, like you said, Luke, a three-game um, series spread across the season would be a, a good idea. I think it would be. Uh, probably, you know, a good test for both teams. You know, we, whenever you have those SEC Big 12 matchups, it, it always brings out uh, a high level of competition. And, you know, for you, Luke, uh, that lost A&M, you know, 2-0, what did you see from, from Texas? And then what did you see from A&M? Well, it was certainly a pitcher's duel, no doubt, uh, with both the starting pitchers and the relievers, you know. Uh, Texas, you had Pete Hansen starting through, kind of as the announcers mentioned, uh, he was uh, he really kind of broke out last year, but uh, you know, kind of a combination of not being able to play in summer ball and then COVID restrictions and with the fall and the spring, he's kind of lost a bit of that luster, lost a bit of that control and velocity in his pitches, and that's kind of why he's not a weekend pitcher uh, this season. Uh, so you had Hanson uh, pitching for Texas, and on the A and M side, you had Nathan Detmer. He's another. He's a freshman, and he's really kind of uh, 
breaking into the college baseball scene, kind of uh, still getting used to it. But uh, it sounds like he could become a um, a weekend starter in the years to come. So I think both both pitchers pitched very well, although Hanson took a loss. He put together a really great performance, only allowing one earned run across uh, at least five or six innings, if I'm not mistaken, at least five, uh, no doubt. So uh, I think both pitchers did a great job really silencing two very potent offenses. And then on the Texas side, you had uh, Tanner Witt come in in relief. And, you know, he did give up a home run to Texas A&M catcher Mikey Honer. But aside from that, he had five strikeouts and two innings. So he's, uh, he's another guy on Texas that has really impressed me this season. He's only a true freshman. He's already playing like a veteran, you know, very great stuff out of him. Uh, yeah, you, I feel like Longhorn fans have a lot to look forward to. And, you know, a ended up getting the upper hand with uh, the two home runs. But I still think, uh, you know, Texas now ranked number five, at least, in the D1 baseball poll. I think it was a great tune-up, you know, coming off the loss versus Oklahoma. And that'll get him ready for uh, uh, series versus Kansas this week and at Kansas. And, you know, if you uh, can remember back in 2019, the Longhorns were swept by the Jayhawks in Lawrence. Kansas comes into this series 15-8. Uh, and eight. Uh, Actually had a come-from-behind come victory versus Missouri last night, uh, an, another SEC team. So I think that is this will be an interesting series. You know, it'll certainly shift the uh, Big 12 standings depending on how it turns out. But, uh, yeah, I, I really think yesterday's game was a good tune-up for UT. The pitching looked, in my opinion, in my opinion very well. Offense just couldn't get it going. Yeah, and that's a good assessment. I mean, I think uh, looking past the A&M loss, you know, you always have those tough ones. And but but looking ahead, I think it definitely provided them with a good challenge. You know, before heading up to Lawrence, uh, you know, you and I were mentioning off there. I think it was you, Luke, that noted that Texas has a very good chance to sweep this series. You know, they've had the chance against Baylor and Oklahoma both, uh, just couldn't get it done on Sunday. Now, looking at the pitching, because pitching is a very good assessment of what you're going to see from a series, you know, the thing to know about Kansas is two of their three starters have ERAs above 4.45. I mean, uh, starter, you know, Friday night starter Ryan Sear, who typically is the team's ace, is just 3-2 and two this season with a 4.78 uh, ERA, the really guy that I think could – Silence Texas somewhat would be Cole Larson, uh, Kansas's righty, who starts on Saturdays. Uh, he's 4-1 this season with a .86 ERA. Doesn't allow a lot of runs. Uh, very good control. Texas is going to need to have very solid pitching from Tristan Stevens on Saturday if they want to get a win in Game 2. Uh, but I do think Friday and Sunday are both games that Texas can win relatively easily as long as their pitchers can be on point throw strikes, and the hitters can just uh, take it from there. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, a point you brought up earlier in this podcast is, you know, uh, Texas has kind of struggled on Sundays in these uh, series. You know, I believe they lost the last game of the series to BYU, and then they lost to uh, Baylor and uh, Oklahoma in their series on Sunday. So I think they can get that Sunday victory this weekend. That would be big for them. I think it would certainly help their confidence. And as I mentioned, this is a very deep, uh, conference of Big 12 when it comes to baseball this season. Texas has some tough competition ahead. Uh, so I think a Sunday win and a sweep especially would be very big for them going forward. I think it definitely would be. That's a great point there too, Luke. And, you know, when you, when it comes down to it, uh, 
Texas needs to start winning on Sundays if they want to, you know, kind of maintain their place in the Big 12 standings. So I think this is going to be very crucial, uh, you know, as far as looking at the big picture of the Big 12. I mean, there's really only two teams that I can see right now that could beat Texas in a series, uh, that being TCU and Texas Tech, both looking very, very good right now. So Texas just needs to continue to improve, keep going with the process, uh, keep doing what they do offensively on the mound. I think the things will come, uh, you know, the, the hitting will come, the pitcher will come on Sundays. Uh, but as of right now, I mean, they're looking really good in those first two games of, of both of their last two series. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, kind of uh, as I mentioned earlier, you know, pitching is what's going to – this Texas team will really go as far as their pitching will take them. I think the offense is there and the pitching is there. It all just comes down to if the players can execute and kind of, you know, uh, play to their full potential. Obviously, that's necessary. You mentioned they have series uh, versus both TCU and Texas Tech coming up. And if Texas really wants to compete for a Big 12 uh, championship in baseball, you know, it starts with those two teams, especially taking them down. And then uh, to close out the season, uh, looking forward to it, Texas has a series versus West Virginia, who, albeit being 10-9 and nine overall, they're already 2-1 and one in conference play. So that's another team that could kind of sneak up on them. And uh, kind of how it was in basketball, it's important for them to not really take any team uh, uh, for uh, – sorry, they shouldn't underestimate any, any sort of team, uh, you know, especially in a uh, conference as good as the Big 12, uh, it seems like any team can beat anyone, and uh, Texas needs to keep their composure and play to the best of their ability. Yeah, you're absolutely right there. Uh, you know, that's what happened 2019. I think we all thought, man, Texas Texas can beat Kansas. You know, we'll, we'll get, you know, you'll, you'll get two, two wins out of them up there in Lawrence, and then uh, they'll keep their Big 12 tournament hopes alive. If you remember at that point, you know, Texas was in ninth place in the Big 12 on the verge of missing the Big 12 tournament. Uh, they got swept, and that pretty much sealed it. Uh, they would end up losing a series to Oklahoma to close out the season and miss the Big 12 tournament. Definitely a low point following a run to the College World Series the previous season. But, man, they're looking back to get back to Omaha this year, and uh, the pieces are certainly there. Uh, Texas fans, thank you so much for tuning in to this segment of the Horns Australia Beyond the Stats podcast from Rouse's and Luke White. Have a great week. Never go horns.